Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Hey, guys. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey. It is. He hates still. it when I take his <laughs> intro. <laughs> he didn't know what to do. I'm, I'm paralyzed. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, what was not hilarious is uh, this Cleveland Browns football team. Yeah, absolutely atrociously disappointing loss to the Steelers. Um, 13 to 20. Uh, just couldn't get anything going um, past halftime. Uh, terribly disappointing. Um, what did you guys think when you were walking away from the game? Have you been more frustrated this year? Mm. Yes. Yes, you have. I, I, so, I think so. I mean, obviously this puts us out of realistic playoff contention. We, we, we could go, not, we could win out. Go nine and seven, being like a maybe a three way tie for that final spot and win win the tiebreakers. Yeah, but just and, about and make like it. Everything else that happened was bad for us. The Texans beating the Patriots, the Titans winning, nothing else good went for us that week. We're, we're basically eliminated. Yeah, so we're season's basically over from a playoff standpoint. Um, but no, I don't. How I don't, great would it be though if we win out and beat the Ravens and sneak into the playoffs? It would. It's possible. It, w- it would be great. It would be great. I will not be mad if that happens, but I, it's, it seems very <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> really, Matthew? I won't be mad either. <laughs> Tell me yes. more about that. Um, but I don't think this is the most upset I've been all season. I mean, uh, thinking of the losses, um, I, I was more disappointed in the Denver loss. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think for sure. I think the Denver loss is our worst loss of the year. I don't know. The Titans loss was pretty awful. Titans loss is pretty awful at the time, but looks better, especially if you think back to that game. I mean, it was a three-quarter game that got out of control in the fourth quarter because of some turnovers and yes. and such. I mean, it was our it was our penalties that beat us more than anything in that game. But like just the whole the way we looked after all the excitement of the offseason, like I think I felt worse after that game. I think I might have felt worse after the first Steelers win. After Miles Garrett clocked Mason Rudolph in the head, and he was suspended for the rest of the year, like honestly, like Fair the way enough. that I felt. Fair enough. Like it just was a pretty clear sign that the season was over. Yeah, waning to an end. I think this is the fourth worst for me. It's the first Steelers win that was horrible, and then the Titans game and the Broncos game. The Titans game, it was just like, I mean, the anticipation that had been building for so long, us doing this podcast every other week, OBJ. Can't wait for the Kareem Hunt. Can't wait for Devin. Baker's second season. Just a giant limp noodle. You know what game was would... also bad was San Francisco. We we lost thirty one to three. I feel... we got throttled in that game. I feel better about getting beat bad Monday night football than losing... or was that Sunday. It was a Monday night game. I feel better about getting clobbered and just like straight out getting beat like that versus the Seattle game, which like was close enough and we were in it and there were some bad calls and we didn't pull that one out. Like I feel way worse about the Seattle game than the San Francisco one. But coming out of that San Francisco game, that was early enough in the season. San Francisco hadn't really played anybody difficult yet. And arguably after playing us, they still hadn't. But we came into that game not knowing what San Francisco was and it didn't feel like a team that should 
clobber us. At, yeah. And it felt At like we felt yep. like we just laid an egg on Monday Night Football. That was their coming out party. Oh, and boy, did they. All right, let's, let's not go all negative. What some of the highlights of the season? What did you feel the best? Now that the season is functionally over, we're going to have a <laughs> we're going to have a recap. Season recap. <laughs> uh, highlight of the season. It's pretty tough, isn't it? Real I, hard. I'm just kind of in a negative place. Right no, now, I so think. It's hard. I mean, I think the highlight of the season is is that Jets game, and more specifically, the the OBJ slant, like 89 yards for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I like like that was early in the season. It was it was a win. It was a like a high point where it's it showed what could be right and previewed what to come. Honestly, maybe the highlight is the first opening drive against the Titans, and then we missed the extra point, and everything's been bad since then. <laughs> That's not true. We beat the Ravens. Like I'm gonna say, the highlight for me is that Ravens game where we beat where we beat the Ravens in Baltimore. But but in hindsight, that was to like. Yes, that brought us. We were we were in the lead in the division at that point after that game. But sitting sitting where we are now, beating the Ravens, yeah, we were amazing. We were two and two. That was to bring the Ravens to two and two. Their second straight loss, us to two and two. That felt like a game we should have won, and it felt like we were going to go on and and run away with the division. Do great things. Like I don't. I I felt good about that win, but I don't know that I felt as good about that win as I should have, given what I know now. Okay, but still, there haven't been a whole lot of other, like, What was a better peaks. What was a like, better peak? Since then, like, I, I, that's the most solid win we've had, the even in game? the moment the Buffalo that we've game? had. That's the only other thing you could say would be better, would be the Buffalo game. Because no, that Buffalo the, game was ugly, though. But the Steelers, the first Steelers game, the Miles Garrett thing happened, you can't say that that was a great moment. We haven't had any good... We've had two right after darn that good wins. The 49ers, the Seahawks, the Patriots, the Broncos, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Miami. So your highlight has to be the Ravens. There's no other options. If, if I'm choosing like a whole game, then yes, the okay. Ravens is the highlight. If I'm choosing like a moment, I'm, I'm choosing OBJ, 88 yards, touchdown. So can we talk about the Steelers game? Yeah, we should. Do you think that it changes the narrative? Do you think the outcome is any different if David Njoku is active in this game? I was thinking about this today. Because we were hurt so bad by our offensive line in this game. Baker had to get rid of the ball quick. Like There weren't many opportunities for him to hold the ball and let routes develop downfield. If we have Njoku, like that's another element in the middle of the field that we have to play with. Not to mention somebody that can actually function as a blocker at tight end. But does he? Let's not lie to ourselves. He's not some fantastic blocking tight end. I think some of our tight ends can do the same thing. But but he's the combination of what he brings in that game would uh, as you know average as it might be in blocking. And his pass catching ability makes the defense have to account for. He's him. someone we at least line up in line, right? To block, like it's not like Ricky, Ricky Seals Jones, Jones. Right. right? And he's as good of a pass catcher as we've got at the tight end position. And so, in a game like this where we've got to get rid of the ball quick, I just think he would have been a huge asset. And it's a little confusing to me and why he wasn't activated and what's going on. Cause everything he said to the media is that he's healthy and ready to go. 
and he's been practicing, like, why didn't they activate him? It doesn't make sense to me. Like, this was a huge game. There's no doubt this was a huge game. He must not, I mean, he must not be ready to play, whether that's because of his wrist, whether that's because of some other injury situation, whether it's uh, getting back into football shape after eight weeks out. I don't know. I can't imagine that guy is in football shape. Yeah. Do, would it make a huge difference in the game? I don't know, but I have no idea why he's not playing. I, it's completely baffling to me. So I have a hard time believing that it would only because this offense isn't hurting for weapons. We're, we're not hurting for people to catch the ball. We're not hurting for ways to make the defense uncomfortable. We're hurting in the trenches. Big I mean, time. I mean the way we lost this game for, for two reasons. We lost, we lost in two position groups. One was the offensive line. We just got torched inside and out. Yep. And, and our defensive secondary. Our secondary let us down. Duck Hodges was throwing ducks up there. There was at least three balls that we should have gotten a hand on, if not intercepted. Were you watching the game? The first deep ball that he threw, we defensed. And that was the one where Sheldrick Redwine like got real lucky on the timing, <laughs> like right in front of the goal line. Yeah, he didn't turn his head, but he got his arm up just in time as the ball came, and he f- was fortunate to not receive a penalty. And every other ball that went over twenty yards, like somehow found its way into the Steelers' arms. And I don't know, I don't know what it was about our our secondary players. I mean, granted, we're we're down our. We're down to our sixth and seventh safeties at this point. And Demarius Randall wasn't there for an inexplicable reason. Didn't even make the trip. We're not down to our sixth or seventh safeties. We just had a crappy safety room in the first place, and a couple of our starters. No, we we had a crappy safety room. We didn't have Randall. We didn't have Morgan Burnett. We don't have Eric Murray. We cut (laughs) Whitehead. Fifth. Maybe maybe we're down to our fifth safety. Okay, in, but Justin Burris is better than Whitehead in my personal opinion. And, and so that's fine. But coming into the year, that that was that was not the case. Justin Burris did not even make our roster coming out of camp, and now he's 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 the the rock that we can depend on <laughs> on the back end of our defense. Like that that says something. Like our our safeties that's are say, not ready to play. The fact that Demarius so Randall wasn't playing he's in the this rock. game. Well. The well, fact that Demarius Randall wasn't playing this game was a huge deal. I, I read somewhere that he missed practice or something, so he didn't get on the plane. Yeah, but, no, I mean, I'm, like, that I'm, makes a huge difference. In this I'm game. joking, saying he's the rock we can depend on. Of course, but, like coming into this game, he's the one that it's like, okay, Justin Burris, we know what we're gonna get. The other ones, who knows? We we were playing T.J. Hassel in this game for a bunch of minute, a bunch of snaps. I think it's J.T. Hassel. J.T. Hassel. <laughs> you do, that's number two. <laughs> Sorry, JT. I mean, dude went to Florida Tech and is a rookie and was on our practice squad up until last week. And he's only got seven fingers. <laughs> that, is, that is also true. All I, true things. I, I don't think that really came into play. And actually, I don't think our safeties were bad. It was our corners that were getting beat over and over again. They were. Tar- it seemed like they were targeting Greedy. And then the couple times they went um, Denzel Ward's way, he had pass interference. Or he let that Vance McDonald catch that was like a key third down conversion at the end, which is a, a physical mismatch. But like, there's you you like the speed you've got from uh, Denzel Ward in that in that instance. It, 
Denzel didn't make any particularly positive plays whenever they threw his way. No, our, corner, our corners didn't look great. But if you've got a quarterback who's just throwing up like moonshots, the thing that oh, it, you've got to have safeties reading that coming over the top who are able to make plays. And we just did not have that. Which yes. is why Demarius Randall would have been so valuable in this game. And the thing that frustrates me so much is that um, Denzel Ward was draped all over James Washington the the entire game. He just didn't turn his head. He just didn't get his hips around. He didn't do what he has done in the past. He just was draped. He was hip to hip with him. And Duck Hodges still threw it up there. And it just snuck through there. James Washington was throwing the ball four times. He caught the ball four times for 111 yards in that touchdown. Like, it just, that was how the Steelers gained most of their yards, except for a couple drives where they were running the ball really well. Like, it was those huge, big chunk plays to James Washington. It's very, very frustrating. Um, So, Jarvis Landry um, had the most targets, 11. Odell only had six. Jarvis had 76 yards. And Odell only had 29. Yeah. So this game, my immediate reaction was this is a crappy Steelers team. Like, how in the world did we lose to this Steelers team? It's the worst Steelers team I can remember in a long, long time. Now, they're seven and five. They've been winning games against other teams and doing the same thing against other teams too. So I knew it wasn't gonna be like a cakewalk. But if you wanna contend and you wanna threaten for the playoffs, like you gotta win a game like this against Duck Hodges, no James Conner, no Juju. Like, there's no excuses. I was frustrated that we came out and scored so early, and then we weren't able to score points throughout the rest of the game. And my initial reaction was some of the best quarterbacks and the quarterbacks that you want and that you can rely on, find a way to put some points on the board. And so, like, I was trying to find a way to blame Baker for the loss, and I was kind of viewing the game through that lens when I rewatched it earlier today and to be honest he threw some really good balls in the second half even when his thumb was hurt which probably made it quite difficult to actually execute but like that i read that it got completely it got completely numbed up and he was thrown with a numb hand which that's impressive because he was putting the ball where it needed to be in almost every case that pass to demetrius harris was catchable i wonder if david njoku can catch that particular pass with his Jumping ability. I think like, Demetrius Harris catches that most of the time. I mean, David he, Njoku definitely would have caught that pass. Um, you know, like, David Njoku struggles to catch passes in the open field. So, but he's he good at those he doesn't contested struggle to jump catch ball passes catch. in the end zone. Yeah. Have you seen him drop many in the end zone? He I'm doesn't. just saying. I'm not. I'm not putting money on whether David Njoku is going to catch something or not because well, it's kind of a crapshoot. David Njoku is doing a curl route. It's a complete toss up. Who knows whether he's going to catch the ball. <laughs> If he's in the end zone and he's running across the back, I don't feel this. I feel a lot better about it. So there was many, many throws um, that he put where it needed to be, and he did a good job buying time in certain instances. And most of the sacks that he took, like he didn't have a choice. There was nowhere else for him to go. The pocket collapsed like on top of pressure him. of the middle. Hardgrove just destroyed Wyatt Teller on multiple occasions. And one of the most big, in one of the biggest plays of the game after the interception. On third down, we lost eight yards, and that's what pushed us out of field goal range. And then we had to do the the fake field goal pooch punt, which was a positive. 
it was a positive that play in and of itself, but like when you have an interception and you're down in the second half and you get the ball on the opponent's 30-yard line, it's the only good field position we had the entire game, and we ended up with negative eight yards. And they bring four guys and they just That's blow how you lose up. football games. Like yep. it's horrible. You have to come away with points on that drive, no matter what. You gotta come away with points. Why why did we not run the ball on that drive? I know the I know the first play was was deep to Jarvis and it was almost completed. It was it was in Jarvis's hands, got knocked out. Yep. And it was down like near the goal line. Yeah, would have been on the inside the five. Second play was a pass to the flat, <laughs> like a screen pass to Kareem Hunt that didn't go anywhere. It was for no gain. Was that the one where Devin Bush was like right on his right on his tail? It was to the right side. I don't remember who made the, the tackle. The second one was a, a pass short to the right to Kareem Hunt, um, which he dropped. And then the, did he drop the it? third one? Yeah, and then the third one was a sack. Maybe he didn't drop it. It just said no game. Um, he might have caught it, but didn't get any yards. And then the third one was the eight yard loss in the sack. So that that is just miserable. Like that was our chance to make something happen and to swing the game. It was thirteen to twenty at that point. You even if you just get the three points, like you're one score from going up on in the game, and we couldn't do it. Like that's super super sad. And the thing is, is like our offensive line sucks so bad. It's like what are you what are you counting on? You kind of just need something to break right. Like you need Jarvis to be able to come away with that ball, or you know something. And he almost did right. Um, like you're just playing with fire whenever you've got an offensive line that's that weak. Like you just, you can't count on them. So when you need to get some yards or at least not have negative yards on a third and long, like you can't count on that. So, yeah. I mean, that's brutal. And offense was fairly, ineffe- was completely ineffective in the entire second half. We, we had a couple good runs in the first half. Um, in their defense only did get four possessions in the second half, but why why can we with so many playmakers on this offense we we traded for um a top 5 wide receiver in the NFL in the offseason and so far the production has just been pedestrian like uh, we were talking about this before the pod OBJ's been targeted um the 13th most in the NFL I think he's 103 targets and he only has the 28th most receptions He's got a 55% catch rate. And and some of that's him. He's he's had a few drops, but but that's maybe maybe four or five of, Do we think of the total targets. This is a legitimate question that's related. Do we think OBJ is 100% healthy? I don't think so. He's consistently on the injury report, week in and week out. It's not getting talked about that much, but like you don't see him separating much downfield. Like he is on the injury report over and over again. Uh, I, that's one factor that might be at play. I'm not willing to say whether it is or whether it isn't, but it's something to consider. And I just wonder. I mean, there it's probably just blame all around. There's probably the offensive scheme, offensive line. Like we just don't have time for stuff to develop. Well, I wonder if it's not a combination of both of those things. Because I, I feel like we're sending Odell on, on long routes more than we, we saw him run most of the time in New York, right? And if we're sending him on long routes and then we don't have the protection to make it work, 
yeah, that's problematic. What I don't understand though is why the catch percentage is so bad. It's only fifty five percent. Like the 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 t- productive wide receivers in the NFL hover in in the the mid to upper sixties is like is a is a pretty good um, catch percentage. Michael Thomas is an anomaly at eighty three percent. He's got 130-something targets, 113 receptions, I think, so far in the year. Why, why is that connection not working? Is it just scheme? Is it OBJ? Is it Baker? Is it – I think it's because they're trying to force it to him instead of letting it develop, and it, he's probably forcing passes that aren't necessarily there in the flow of the offense. Like I definitely think that was the case early on in the season is that we were just trying to get Odell the ball. And when you don't have the protection, your timing's probably not not working quite right. You're a little skittish throwing the ball. Like I think it's as much on Baker as it is on Odell. There's been times where they're not on the same page, like not running the right routes. Like That's still happening to some degree. I think it's been a little better recently, but I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. I feel like it's a legitimate thing between Baker and Odell um, and their connection that they have. Like, Baker is less accurate whenever he's throwing the ball to Odell Beckham. He's not missing Jarvis on a slant, uh, like, where Jarvis has to reach his arm all the way back to try to catch it. He does that to Odell all the time. Like, I just don't think they have the same connection. I don't know. I mean... People people talk about missing the offseason program. Like, that's, sure. I We're... 12 games in the season at this point. It can't be that anymore. Right? You wouldn't think, but maybe it is. They, But they were freaking training together in they the offseason. They had all, in all like, training camp. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't really understand how, like, eight practices. eight get practices of the offseason program yeah, no. can, can impact an entire season. It just doesn't make sense. Well, it absolutely does. Um, obviously, it does. Just like uh, the t- type of T-shirt you wear impacts whether your team wins or not. Yeah. Um, which honestly actually brings me up to our next segment. We talked about this in uh, well, pre-production that um, we Matthew mentioned the T-shirt, and Michael said, "I really don't want to talk about Freddie's T-shirt." And so we decided to start a new segment that uh, involves Michael talking about the things he doesn't want to talk about. So here it is: what Michael doesn't want to talk about today: Freddie Kitchen's wardrobe. Go. <laughs> So this is the way this works. Is this is the way this you works. bring up a topic that I clearly don't want to discuss or encourage discussion amongst the Browns community, and I'm forced to make a comment related to that topic. And in the future, it's going to be a secret. Yes. This time he knew because we were coming up with the idea, but in future, he's going to be completely blindsided by it every time. Oh, my goodness. And we're not helping you. Go. The Freddy Kitchens t-shirt thing. <laughs> Is, is is Freddie a bad head coach because he wore a t-shirt? No. No. I want to know lose? how he got the t-shirt though. I they, I, this is a legitimate question to me. His daughter, Where did the his t-shirt daughter, go? His daughter gave it to him. Oh, really? That's what he said. Yeah. Okay. He I said he this. said his daughter gave it to him and he he wore it because his daughter gave it to him like as a as a joke. That's funny. That's what I mean, Freddie Kitchens is like and, the type of guy like you if you've listened to him talk five times you know his personality and he just doesn't overthink things like this he has something like that he thinks it's funny he puts it on no big deal like he doesn't care can we talk about the fact that freddie kitchens like basically died in a helicopter like being life flooded to the hospital 
Like I feel like he has like a different perspective than than most people. Because he's like, my daughter wanted me to put this shirt it's on. All that's gravy. Fine. Yeah, it's, it's all a t-shirt. I don't Cheech. like. It's funny. I don't. I, this has been my position the whole time. It's, it's, I have not wavered. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he's saying something new by I, by wearing it. I heard someone saying that in junction with this, they were saying that Freddie Kitchens wears this t-shirt, and it's it's just idiotic that he would do this and it's bulletin board material for the Steelers and it's probably the reason why the Browns lost in the first place and then at Pittsburgh he wears a sweatshirt on the sideline that says the dog pound like what is he thinking and I'm like he wears that every week he's (laughs) always wearing that that has just the level of criticism for ridiculously minuscule things like his sweatshirt and his t-shirt the t-shirt makes sense obviously it, it makes a little bit more sense in the sweatshirt but to lump those two things together and make this case that freddie kitchens is like incompetent because of his clothing choice is just ridiculous to me. i also love there's a couple of steelers players who who commented on it and they're like our coach would never do that and i think pete was one of the people on twitter that i saw point this out and i'd for, completely forgotten about the situation of where Mike Tomlin tripped tripped an opposing player on like a kickoff coverage. He didn't trip him. He he was clearly intentionally in his way and then pretended like he didn't know what was happening. I don't think he made contact. The Steelers employed Joey Porter, who like openly started a fight with a player while on the field. But but they're way more professional. They would never wear a t-shirt. They would, like I mean, that. God forbid you go to the movies on Saturday night wearing a t-shirt that could be a joke. It's, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Mike hasn't talked very much. (laughs) It's because I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) People are going to make the argument like, oh, well, Bill Belichick would never do that. Well, yeah. Freddie Kitchens is not Bill Belichick, and no one's ever going to confuse him with Bill Belichick. Like, so if you think Freddie Kitchens is going to be that kind of like serious, like no nonsense coach, like, you're just wrong. Like, that's not who he is. Yeah. You got the wrong guy. That's just not him. You know, and so like, <laughs> there's other things going on here. Like him wearing the T-shirt is not the problem in any way, shape, or form. So, previewing next week on things Michael doesn't want to talk about. <clears throat> Did Trump commit an impeachable offense? <laughs> Stay tuned to next week to find <laughs> out what Michael has to say. Love it. If you're interested in that, Michael's got some pretty hot takes. <laughs> Lots of thoughts. I actually Lots couldn't be less interested. <laughs> Lots of thoughts about the Donald from Michael. Oh. I wonder how many people there are that have less thoughts about Donald Trump than me. You're you're probably up there in the pantheon of just like no no thoughts, period. Yeah, just don't care. Just, just no no thought. Doesn't affect my life, and I'm not going to let it ruin my life in any way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah, I have very little concern about Donald Trump's comings and goings. Matthew, on the other hand, lots of concern for Donald Trump. Knee deep in it. (laughs) Matthew is in the thick of it. Knee deep. (laughs) That's very true. Oh, well, um, I'm pretty pissed about this loss, and quite frankly, I didn't even want to record this podcast in the first place. So anything else you guys want to talk about? I just... I want something to be excited about. I just hope. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> what do you want to see going forward? Because I, I had actually thought about this. Given that our playoff, obviously we're going to try to win out and get to 9-7. and seven. That That's a successful season in and of itself. 
but going forward, since we're basically out of the playoffs anyway, one thing I want to see, I want to see Drew Forbes at right tackle. Like, give it a run. See what happens. Yeah, let that kid play. Figure out, figure out if you think he can play right tackle next year. Give him the reps. See what you got. We know what we have in Chris Hubbard. Who cares? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, it's worth the experiment. I want to not lose to lose. Cincinnati in either one of those games. That would be great. I mean, I, that's pretty important to me. And I want some, like, just to piggyback off of the topic we were just hitting on, I want to see some chemistry develop between Baker and Odell. That would make me feel a whole lot better going into next year. I mean, we've got some pretty terrible defenses. Yeah. Cincinnati's terrible. Arizona's the worst right. pass defense. All right. In what the better situation to make that happen? I mean, I'm not going to discount the the progress that could be made simply because we're playing crappy defenses. Like, yes, that's true. We've played really tough defenses for the first portion of the season. So, all right, <clears throat> let's like take a few steps forward while we have an opportunity to. We so, did it against Miami last week. Let's continue to do it down the stretch. So I would love to see that. I would also love to see Nick Chubb win the rushing title. That yep. would be I fun. mean, if we, are, if we are not going to be in the playoffs, this kid has been unbelievable. He's currently leading the NFL by over Christian McCaffrey by maybe 10 yards. With our like offensive line. With yep. our offensive line, which has been miserable all year. Running behind Eric Cush a, a lot of this season, who's just a historically bad run blocker. Yep. Nick Chubb is winning by eight yards right now. Let this we have kid an eight yard lead. Let this kid rack up the yards. Get him a rushing title. If he gets what sixteen hundred yards, he'll have the second best season in Browns history. Yep. No, that would be cool. I want to see Baker, like you guys are saying about the chemistry, but I just want to see Baker string some like three, four, two, three, even really, really solid games together. It seemed like we were doing that, going on a run, playing these bad teams. But if we can just limit the interceptions and feel confident that Baker feels comfortable, um, throw some quick passes, get it out of his hands really fast, so eliminate the offensive line problem. If Baker could go like 10 touchdowns, two interceptions down the stretch. That'd be great. You know, I was talking about Baker and how, like, I honestly, in second look, don't think there's too much to blame him for. One thing you really can blame him for that was a huge swing in this game was that fumble. Mm-hmm. Like he needs, he has to be able to secure that ball. Like he knew there was pressure and it was coming. Like, and he's got to be able to hold on to that ball, losing the ball in that situation completely swung the second half. Like from, it wasn't going in a good direction at that point, but it really tanked after that point because that put them in field position and they scored right after on that next possess, on that ensuing possession. And we never recovered at, after that point. And so I will point the finger and say that's something that he just you just can't do. And normally it's like a against a really good opponent that that sort of thing comes to bite you. We should have been able to overcome that in this particular game, given the quality of the opponent, but um, we couldn't even do that. So here we are, lamenting another Browns loss, another lost Browns season. Yep. Well, I hold. If a we, tiny bit of hope. I, actually, one of the things that's... It would be incredible if we beat the Ravens again. 
Like, and no matter what happens in the rest of the games, even if we lose one to the Bengals, <laughs> the Raven- if we lose out and beat the Ravens, honestly, I'm happy. The Ravens a have a 13 and three season losing to the Browns twice. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> wouldn't it? I would, I would love just how much it would mess with their head. Yeah. Like, and especially going into next season. I mean, that'd be great. It's like now the narrative, Oh, the Ravens can't beat the Browns. I mean, that'd be fantastic. I no, wanted- it might mean nothing for the Browns season, but just to beat them. And maybe it would take the Ravens out of home field advantage for the playoffs. That would be nice. I mean, if I could pick, we go six and two in the division every year or, or four and two in the division every year. I'm picking, we beat the Steelers and the Ravens twice and we lose to the Bengals twice. So the I'm Browns, picking that year after year. The Browns are in a tough situation right now. I mean, we're five and seven. If yep. we, if we lose a bunch of games, we've got a the high Dolphins draft have three wins. The Dolphins have three wins. The Redskins have three wins. The Jets have four wins, five wins, four wins, and just got trounced by somebody. Who? who the who, Jets? Oh, the Jets just got the beat Jets by just, the Bengals. Yeah, they just got beat by the Bengals. Which is embarrassing. After they beat the Raiders the yeah. week before. Yeah, the, I found out the Jets are the first team in NFL history to lose to two teams that were 0-7 or worse. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> in the same year. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty bad. And yet there's one four games. That's so weird. It is. No, I mean, we're like right there in the mix with the Jets and believe it or not, the Dolphins. I mean, this isn't how this team is, this season's going to play out, but there's something to be said about making sure you're in position to get the best offensive tackle in the draft. Right? I mean, yes. Like, whoever you think that is, if it's the kid from Georgia, Andrew Thomas, or Tristan Wirfs, or, like, oh, it'd kind of be disappointing to go 9-7, and seven, miss the playoffs, and um, if it means not get up, a good offensive tackle. If it means giving up the Duke Johnson Third. Texans pick to move up in the first round to get the right guy, like, we absolutely need to do it. Yeah, it's hard to, hard to argue. By the way, uh, we're watching Monday Night Football, and I just saw the most well-choreographed touchdown celebration from the Seattle Seahawks wide receivers core. It was a dance that lasted a solid 25 seconds. They showed the whole thing? Oh, it was great. It was just very... They were in sync. They clearly had practiced. You know what that that shows? Shows that Pete Carroll doesn't wear stupid (laughs) t-shirts. Because a team with a coach that wears... T-shirts taunting the other team couldn't couldn't have shown that kind of discipline, and getting his players to show up to Look rehearsal. <laughs> oh, that's only the last half of it. Anyways. I love how Russell Wilson was in the middle of it and then realized he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so backed away, backed away slowly. Like, oh, this isn't a me thing. Oh, this is like a you thing. Oh, I wasn't invited to this one. My bad, y'all. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the lines, Michael. Let's pick. Let's pick these primetime games. All right. So I was a doofus, and last week, um, yes. I had us pick this game. Sure, we'll go with it. The Monday night football game instead of the Sunday night game. So what I don't do we have pick? a full record. Oh, we didn't pick Texans Pats, did we? No, no we, we didn't. didn't pick that Texans Pats game. I was so confused because you I was are a doofus. Because I was watching it last night, and I was like, "Dang it, who did I pick in this game? I can't remember." And then I was looking back, and I just put the wrong lines down. So we, we're picking this game. I have Minnesota, which is not looking ideal right now. And you guys both pick Seattle. Whoop, whoop. Love that. Um, <clears throat> Where do we stand otherwise? 
So it's kind of still the same. You're a little over 500. I'm a little under 500, and Mark's a little less under 500. <laughs> looks it looks like I'm going to go hey, three and two. It looks like I'm going to go. I'm going to go f- go two and three. I'm going to go four and one this Mark's week. Mark can go four and one. Like Creeping a, up. Mark's looking like he's doing well this week. Let's go. I'm two games. If I win this game, I'll be one game back from you, Michael. That's great. No, you'll be tied with Michael. No, he'll be one no, game. I'll be one game back. Okay, I can't do math. So, at any rate, we're heading into next week, and the Thursday night game is the Dallas Cowboys, favored by three points, heading to Chicago to play the Bears. Two teams. That two teams I don't, don't want to touch. <laughs> two teams I'm not particularly confident in. Um, but I will make a selection. I'll go ahead and jump in there, and I'll pick the Dallas Cowboys. I, too, will go. The Cowboys only beat teams with losing records, and the last time I checked, the Bears have a losing record. I am going to go with the Dallas Cowboys by winning by more than a field goal. But do they exclusively beat teams with losing records? No, they do not. See, I think they're more than capable of losing to a team with a losing record. I think they I'm are. I'm gonna too. go Chicago. Chicago's been playing better recently. They yeah, did. no, Trubisky had a good game on Trubisky, Trubisky had, had a good a game. Fourth quarter comeback. I think Matt Nagy a... might be figuring out the old the old Mitchell Trubisky situation. The you, defense is always good. Do you really think that there's a figuring out to be done? There's a nut to be cracked where Mitchell Trubisky's a good quarterback in the NFL. I'm I'm just saying there's a way to optimize Mitch Trubisky, and I don't think that that optimization is ever going to be as high as like you need it to be to justify the draft position. But he was awful early on in the season, and he can be better than that. And I think he's he's finding that. So I'm going to go Chicago because Dallas has been a dumpster fire the last couple of weeks. <laughs> the weird thing about that Cowboys situation is that they're still in the thick of they they are like. According to ESPN stats and information, they have a 70% chance to win their division. Yeah, they're leading the division by a game. It's crazy. A division that the Washington Redskins are still mathematically incapable of winning. Yep. Yeah. That's another team we're about as good as the Redskins. <laughs> by our record. Oh, Love man. that. So that brings us to the Sunday night game, which I believe I got correct this time. It's Seattle at the L.A. Rams. An in-division game. Oh, man. The Seahawks just had a defensive touchdown. It pretty much seals that deal. Congratulations, yeah. Mark. You went 4-1. and one. Feels good. So Seattle favored by 2.5 points, heading to L.A. to play the Rams. Um, what do we think about this game? Mark, I'll let you pick this one first. Well... The Rams have had an interesting two weeks. They got slaughtered by the Ravens, and then they went and they beat the Cardinals, and they beat them pretty good. Uh, They've had a very disappointing year. Um, So I don't love the Rams. Um, I think that they're really in a bad situation as a franchise, as an organization, if they don't get it together. They've been a first-round pick for a few years. Yeah. It's bad. Jalen Ramsey might not even resign over there. I, I just think it's a very sad situation in L.A. entirely. 
And be for an that reason, time bad trade. It'll if be, he doesn't resign, or they don't franchise the Rams. Him. And if Goff is not Goff is keeps looking the way that he's looking this year, that organization is going to be bad for a generation. After all this, ten years minimum, we'll say that. But I, I just think I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Um, they're looking really great on Monday Night Football right now. Russell Wilson having an MVP like season. Um, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Matthew. I don't really give the Rams much consideration being at home. I don't I don't feel like any I don't feel like that adds a whole lot given given their stadium situation it's a neutral given field. LA. Yeah, it's pretty much a neutral field situation. It's better than what the Chargers have going on. It is it is much better than the but Chargers. The Seahawks on the West Coast like Seahawks are going to have a ton of people there. Seahawks are playing really great. I just don't see it is a division game, but I gotta pick the Seahawks here. I I just can't, I just can't give the Rams two and a half points and think that that's gonna be enough. All right, I'm gonna take the Rams. Congrats. I mean, I feel like they came alive a little bit, albeit against the Cardinals. So like, you gotta take that for what it's worth. But we know that they have talent. My thing with Seattle is is their defense is not that phenomenal. And so I feel like the Rams, especially with the Seattle secondary, I feel like they can make something happen. And so I, I Seahawks are beating Kirk Cousins right now pretty bad. Who would you rather have, Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff? Kirk Cousins. How good do you think the Rams? If the Rams had Kirk Cousins, they would be so much better than they are right now. I'm. I'm so positive. I think Jared about Goff I, I, and Kirk Cousins are about the same football player. So, so I'm with Mark on this. I don't. The, the Seahawks are are beating Kirk Cousins like a drum, and they get Jared Goff next week. I'm picking the Rams. Uh, Cincinnati heading to Cleveland. Browns were favored by ten and a half. It's moved down to eight and a half. So we're picking it at eight and a half. That's what happens when the Bengals win and the Browns have a really crappy loss. Eight and a half points sounds like a lot after after I'm, what we just did against a really terrible Steelers. Like, legitimately, I'm, I'm how taking, much worse? How much worse? The Bengals with eight and a half. How much worse is this Bengals team than the Steelers team we just played? The defense is much worse. That's true. The defense is much worse. The offense is probably better. Than the Steelers. The offensive line is not. The skill position players are than the team we played. But and our Andy Dalton is, is way better than Duck Hunt. Yes. Matthew picks Cincinnati. I'm, I'm taking Cincinnati, the eight and a half. Oh, man. How I jumped on I, 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 don't, I don't think that Cincinnati's going to win this game, but eight and a half seems a lot. I am taking the Browns. I think that. The Bengals are going to be on an emotional high. They got their first win. They got the monkey off their back, and they literally don't have to work that hard the rest of the season anymore. It's okay. They can just continue losing for the rest of the season. They won't be thrown in the pantheon of the worst teams ever. They won a game. They did it. Now they can relax, and they Mm. shall. I am worried about it, but I feel... I feel dirty if I don't pick the Browns. I'm picking the Browns because I I really need them to rebound and win this game convincingly for my own why, psyche. Why do you need them to? For my own psyche. Like, I, I really. don't care. 
I don't care if we lose to the Bengals. I, oh, I do. <laughs> oh, I do. I don't even hate the Bengals. That would mess, that would mess with me. To lose to the worst team record-wise in the NFL? Yeah, that would be kind of upsetting. Yeah, it'd be really bad. <laughs> Especially at a, for a home game. I mean, it'd be bad on many, many levels. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I don't want to lose, but... I just don't really trust... It doesn't change anything. I just don't really trust our team right now to, to go out and keep the foot on the accelerator and like finish a team. I don't think we have the horses. I don't think our defense can do it. They can. We, they we didn't, didn't do it against it, Miami. They didn't show it in this last week. We didn't do it against Miami. Yeah, it's true. Our defense can't play a full game. No. They can't they can play like a couple quarters worth of good defense and but that's that's about it. Like you kind of got to pick and choose where your two like, quarters are. Even even if we get a lead against the Bengals, they're going to put up points. They're going to come back. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're good wrong. Good news is AJ Green doesn't look like he's going to play at all this season. I mean, why why would he at this point? No I don't know. There is no reason to. All right. Well, those are our picks. Matthew doesn't believe in the Cleveland Browns. Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate you guys. Um, excuse me. <laughs> uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Sin of Our Fathers. Send us an email, sinofourfathers at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say, so reach out to us. Um, if you like the podcast, please do us a favor. Rate it five stars and tell your friends about it. We would love to have more listeners. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And go Browns. Go Browns. Mm-hmm.